Hey guys, welcome to Takeout Comics Show. This is Kim and Rihanna, and we're basically two really nerdy gals, and we're about to talk about some cool shit. You ready, Rihanna? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're um we're part of the Podcast Empire Network. Uh, you can check out us at uh, check us out at um, podcastempirenetwork.com. Um, it's a brand new website. It's pretty sweet. Um, and someday we'll probably have like a tagline, maybe some intro music, and probably that will go like right here. Um. Insert empty space (laughs) right here. Okay. Get some Batman Um, jazz something. It'll be good. All right. Um, So do you want to start off with like the uh, the top five best-selling comics from last month? Yeah, let's do it. Shoot. Cool. Um, The uh, best-selling comic from last month was Dark Knight 3, um, the Master Race issue 3. Um. Number two, we got Star Wars issue 16. Uh, Batman 49, which I read and is awesome and we'll talk about later, is the third one. Um, we got Spider-Man issue one for four. And uh, five is Deadpool merch for money issue one. Outside of Batman 49, have you touched any of those other titles? Uh, it was just Batman 49 for me this time around. For I'm me, it was definitely zero. <laughs> so you're doing better than I am. Um, I have been meaning to get around to Dark Knight 3, absolutely, and it's definitely on my list. I've just been, life has been insane. Um, and outside of Star Wars Clone Wars comics, I've actually never picked up a Star Wars comic. Um, the one that was based off of the TV series on Cartoon Network a couple years back. So, um, I definitely need to get on that one too, (laughs) on that one too. (laughs) I'm super late, guys, don't judge me. It's fine. We're just gonna, you know, we'll laugh at you for a while, and then uh, everyone will forget. It'll be fine. Um. So, what what did you read that you liked this month or last month or however recently? Uh, um. I kind of been dipping into old stuff lately. Um. Nothing like crazy new. Um. I recently picked up uh, some old stuff like Aquaman. I started rereading that one, like from the beginning of New Fifty Two. That one. That one's uh, Jeff Johns, who's my personal favorite comic writer of all time <laughs> and for me you can almost do no wrong but um I picked that one up because a friend of mine just started reading it and I was like you know what I kind of want to get back into that one again uh and then also some of the preschoolers in my class I recently got them into the old 2013 Titans Cartoon Network series um and they are so obsessed and I mean not only is it adorable but it's just like I don't know. It's it's the best feeling in the world watching them go crazy about it. And so, I picked up some old Titans. Uh, once again, Jeff Johns, a kids game. Uh, the arc that he did on the Teen Titans, which to me personally is the best there ever has been. Um, and also the newer one uh, that New Fifty Two did. And I cannot, God, what is his name? Pfeiffer. I want to say it's written by Pfeiffer and drawn by Kenneth Rockefort. Um, and for the record, if you have never picked up a comic that Ken Rockefort has drawn, you are missing out on some serious, serious heaven. His art is, I mean, like it's unreal. Like it is a God-given talent. And I mean, when you are looking at those panels, they're um, unbelievable and unreal. So those two, if you have not picked up those two yet, Aquaman by Jeff Johns, uh, 2005 run on Teen Titans by Jeff Johns or the newest one from New 52 under Pfeiffer. You're definitely missing out. And um, I would, I would strongly suggest those titles. They're very good. Awesome. 
How about you? Um, I uh, very recently, uh, my roommate handed me this comic uh, called The Worm Troll by this artist named Sam Aldean, um, or Alden, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but I, uh, she gave it to me because I had a bunch of like dental work done last week. Um, and it's it's a really good story. Like the the artwork is absolutely beautiful. Can we like tweet a link to it if it exists online somewhere? Let's definitely do that. Let's tweet links. It seems smart. Yeah, cool. And be like, here's our source material for this this Check here podcast. <laughs> yeah, awesome. we back our stuff up. It's cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's all in black and white. I wish it was in color, but uh, it's like a really economic use of all the space. It's really clean and really focused. Um, like sometimes when I read comics, I think they're kind of like, they make me a little bit ADD if the panels get really small and really separated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like this story, it's like a girl walking through the woods and she says she's bargained with these trolls already. Um, and she needs like a leg for this doll that she has. Um, but it's never like explicitly explained. You kind of have to figure it out. Um, but she throw um she bargains with this troll she gives him a book she gives him a metronome um she gives him a note she's like these things mean i'll never like play piano again i'll never read another book and i'm never gonna fall in love and the troll's like that's not enough and she goes okay i'll give you one of my baby teeth it means i'll die before i grow up and like i read it like 12 times um but like it it took me a while to figure out that it's kind of like about bargaining with death like it's that stage in your grief process um but yeah, this comic r- ripped my heart out, and I do recommend it if that's a thing you're sort of trying to feel. You know, uh, if you want to feel emptiness and pain, it's it's definitely yeah. Really good. Or like if you're feeling that already, and you want to feel less alone or something. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can buy it uh, if you go to his website, which is a link that we will tweet. Um, if uh, it's also free on the internet, um, and it says it's five pounds. I don't know how much that is in American money, but. <laughs> I'm sure it's worth it. So check that out. Awesome. That guy. I want to see more of his stuff. And also I read Batman 49 and I'm super, super excited about that. Um, How I awesome jumped on a scale of one to Batman. On a scale of one to Batman. Well, like it's, it's tough because this is like, it's not a filler issue, but like up until this point, there's been a lot of like Mr. Bloom since he kind of showed up. Um, he's like really spooky. I think he's really cool. He's like my favorite new Batman villain. Um, but he wasn't in it at all. They just talked about him taking over the city. Um, but basically Bruce Wayne is back and knows that he needs to be Batman again. And it's, it, it builds up really, really well. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what they do in Batman 50. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, really fast. I just want to take like a moment to have like a little disclaimer here. We spoil everything. So if you okay. didn't read it or you don't, you know, you plan on reading it and you don't want to know what happens, you should probably get off like right now because okay, well, we then spoil I'm gonna go all the things. <laughs> yeah. Heads up. So Bruce Wayne dies at the end of this one. Um, the idea is that his brain will be like blank and uh, they'll be able to upload all of Batman's memories onto him. Um, so that he'll just have all of that backup knowledge and all of that training. Um, but he, his rationale is that like, it's, he'll be able to absorb more of it if his brain is empty because he is dead. And so he does like get up at the end and he's like, let's go to work. And so he's going to go kick the shit out of Mr. Bloom and it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. 
well, if I didn't need to catch up already, I definitely need to catch up now. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so we're going to actually leap into kind of what the brunt of our show is for this first episode here. Um, oh, few years back, and by a few years, actually, it's been a while, um, Brad Meltzer wrote um, a Justice League comic called Identity Crisis. Um, and my dad actually bought it for me, I want to say, for my 16th birthday. Um, and that definitely, like, that was a game changer for me. And so Rihanna has recently read it, and we're going to kind of hash it out and talk about some stuff and just, you know, really explore some of the ideas and the characters and um, just the depth of that comic because, I mean, that that's one of the great ones. Like, that's that to me is in, like, the top three of all time that I've ever read. It was um, incredible. So, Rihanna, overall, how did you feel about Identity Crisis? It's a, it was kind of a big thing to get into, just, like, having having heard the really polarizing reviews both from you and from other people online. Um, I didn't have like a really, really strong feeling about it, but I had a bunch of really intense questions and like it, it did raise up some really interesting issues. I thought um, like everything that happened with well, it's, it's a really morally like conflicting sort of story. So it was hard for me to be like, yes, I love this comic because it made me feel things that I did not love. Okay. So there was that. Um, I think it's an interesting story, though. All right. So for anybody who has not read or heard of Identity Crisis, um, just like a quick premise is that um, elongated man, and if you don't know who that is, that's okay, because I'm pretty sure like 90% of the world doesn't know who elongated man is, but he's sort, of, he's sort of the stretchy dude, um, DC's version of the stretchy dude. So... Um, kind of like a low-key hero, not really, you know, in like our top eight Justice League type home skillies there. But um, his wife is murdered in her home, and um, it sort of sets off this enormous eruption within the Justice League because nothing like this has ever happened before. Um, And so, you know, they're all scrambling to figure out what's happening, and in that process, secrets are being unveiled and um, you're really sort of getting to the heart of these characters that you've known for forever and that you've felt familiar with for forever. And you're seeing these very different aspects of them and these very different layers of them that um, have never really been touched before or explored before. And um, it, it really is epic. Um, and the ending is insane. It really is amazing. Um, one of the things I loved about it is that I, I know a lot of people always complain about how like DC is too dark and too dark, too gritty, too dark, too gritty. And I almost don't even want to call Identity Crisis dark or gritty. I, I almost want to say that it's not so much dark as it is heavy. Like you really feel the weight of what's going on with these characters. And not only do you feel that, but I think it's one of the first times that I've ever read a comic that really explored the burden of being a hero and what that comes with and what that looks like on a day-to-day basis um, when you're trying to live your life. So um, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, it right, definitely jump in more... anytime, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely explores the cost of that, not only for the heroes themselves, but I think even more so for the people that are around them in their lives that are, like, burdened with keeping those secrets. Like, I think the the reason that it's such a big deal when, uh, when is it Sue Dibney? Is that how you say her name? Yeah, I think it's Dibney, yeah. Yeah, when she gets murdered, like, nobody's supposed to know who she is or about her connections to anybody in the League. So, like, it's... I know, and that that was a big thing, too, because Elongated Man had, like, come out publicly and said who he was, and so, I mean, you know, obviously that that changed, you know, their aspect, you know, how they lived their lives and things like that, now that he was, quote-unquote, a public superhero, but I feel like... So he did that long before Iron Man? Yeah, you know, and then, but, you know, that's what I was going to bring up, because it feels like when Tony Stark did that at the end of his movie, it felt more... Like it was almost a joke. It like was it a was joke. like a very it was a very snarky thing that he had done. But this comic sort of flips that on its head. Like actually, if you say if you tell people who you are, this is what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's not gonna work and, out well for you. And then what got what got even scarier is because immediately after her death, um, gosh, I wish I could remember whose thoughts we were in, who was narrating this um, during this part, because I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. But um, they were saying, we have like Thanagarian technology. We have Kryptonian technology. We, you know what I mean? Like we have like the most boss ass alarm system anybody on this planet could ever possibly have. How did somebody get in here? How did they kill her? And how did they leave no trace at all whatsoever? So it was yeah. like that that was another terrifying thought because you have this many heroes and nobody knows what happened and nobody could have prevented it. And so that was just like even that, you know, questioned exactly how powerful are they or, you know, have they just been made to believe, you know, like they've sort of, for lack of a better word, gotten a bigger head because so far nobody's been able to challenge them that way. And then this way it's just like, what? Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Like it was just like this really big really big deal and that was kind of scary um i guess who's who's like your favorite character in that comic like who like really stood out and just you really like really dug well like just like the justice league the main draw of it for me has always definitely been batman um and i felt so betrayed by this book in this in that respect um because the um, do we want to cover what happens with Sue Dibney and the uh, yeah definitely let's do it greater plot first all right yeah of course, um, of course. yeah um, you're you're more familiar with it than I am and I may be missing some of like the finer nuances here but it seems to me that they find out that uh, Sue has been raped by this he's kind of like a low level villain isn't he Doctor Light he is yeah yeah um, and he. Uh, They've uh, the Justice League has erased his memory um, regarding the event, so he's like the first suspect as far as who killed her. And uh, where was I going with that? Um, Do we ever find out that whether or not Sue gets her memory wiped? Ah, uh, that was not brought up. That happens. <laughs> I don't. I don't think story. she did. I don't believe she did. I want to say it was just Dr. Light, which is actually really funny because if you think back, and I was literally just talking about this, old school Teen Titans, 2003, Cartoon Network, 
Dr. Light was like the most idiotic villain they had ever come across. Like every time he was in an episode, it was like, oh God, we gotta go deal with this guy again, this idiot. And he sucked at his powers and he had like almost no intelligence. And it's funny because at the time, you know, I was watching that series way before I read Identity Crisis. And I just thought like, oh, that loser villain, here we go again. And now reading Identity Crisis, you're like, oh, like he's an idiot because you guys fucked with his brain. <laughs> like that's yeah. why that guy is kind of like a nobody. And then that just like changed my whole perspective. And I was like, what? Like that, that just like opened up a whole new level of possibilities to know that they had, you know, the capability of doing something like that. I mean, obviously Martian Manhunter has always sort of been like the hero that dips into people's brains, but he's never, he's never crossed that line. He, as far as I've read, I've never seen him do anything like that. So for Zatanna to do this, um, I guess it was, I guess it was well-intentioned sort of, but I also, I don't necessarily understand what they were afraid of because I, I guess like worst comes to worst, he remembers and he's locked in prison. Like, what were you afraid was going to happen? Were you like, were you more afraid that he'd tell other people how to break into, you know, the watchtower? Were you afraid that he'd just brag about it? Were you, you know, like, what was it you guys were trying to prevent? And I felt like that I never really got any clarity on. Like, why it was such a desperate situation. Oh, it's you know, um, he knew who Sue was. Yeah. Um, but common knowledge after... after it, uh, yeah, after Elongated Man announced himself, yeah. it was common knowledge. So it was just like, I don't understand what they were so afraid of. Like, or I guess, like, in retro, I mean, in the greater scheme of things, and this is not to say, I don't know how to put it without sounding, like, super insensitive. <laughs> I mean, like, rape is obviously a very, that's a much more intimate crime than anything else they've probably ever faced before. But, um... And on a superhero scale, that's very possible. Because, I mean, they kind of deal with larger more immediate yeah you know that's they deal with like dark side coming down to destroy the planet <laughs> kind of deal so I, I maybe it was just they didn't know how to handle it or they didn't know i guess they didn't know what that looked like now that such a personal crime had happened to them you know what i mean it wasn't like a woman got raped on the street it was like someone's wife you know what i mean yeah, yeah so yeah, maybe they just didn't or... know how to deal with it and so they were just like well let's just scrap the whole thing you know like let's just try to get rid yeah, of it as like, much as possible and but they only got rid of it it seems like from his side like you never saw sue as a character like deal with that yes yeah, definitely i thought That's was kind of weird like that would be such an interesting i mean like objectively this sounds really horrible to say but like i would have liked to watch her character like have to figure that yeah. out but I guess she was like in it so briefly before she like just was killed off like I don't know I don't feel like I know anything about her character so like I do feel bad because she obviously impacted so many people but like all like the, the one scene that I really felt like I connected with her character almost like her funeral scene mm -hmm. so yeah I would have liked yeah. to to have more of that I guess and to feel more bad for her maybe <laughs> or... yeah no no I definitely understand that um we didn't really, we didn't really dip into her character. And I don't, I mean, I'm not saying like I dislike the comic because of that. Um, but, but yeah, it definitely, I definitely would have kind of liked to see a little bit more of that past, but I guess maybe just, I guess, time wise, it would have been such a, like a much longer story if they had really like gone into it and maybe they just didn't have the room. Um, 
Yeah, like it it would have been it would have made the ending like that last couple of panels like much more hard hitting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but speaking of Sue's funeral, that was a really intense scene. Oh yeah. I, I mean was, it, it was all the heroes together in this one church, which I don't even know if that's ever happened prior to this event here. Um, but I mean and I mean everybody, like the outsiders, the ty- I, everybody was there. Um, and then even elongated man, that panel where he is trying to give the eulogy and he like physically cannot hold himself together. Um, because you know, he's like a stretch dude and his body is like literally depleting because he can't hold himself together. And that was like, that hit me hard. I was just like, wow, like that's some deep love right there. And that, that definitely hurt a lot. Um, and sort of just watching all of them grieve in their own way that that was painful. Because as much as they are superhuman, as much as they are sort of a cut above the rest, they still are, you know, very much like everybody else in the world. And they still feel pain, you know, just as potently, if not more. So um, that, was, that was a really epic scene. And some of those panels were just incredible, really, really incredible. Yeah, it was it was a really good scene. It was really well constructed. Um, and then, like immediately after that, they decide it's it's Doctor Light that killed. How did how did Doctor Light know that the Justice League was after him though? That that's another thing. And then that kind of made me wonder, like, how effective was the Tannis spell? Because even towards the end, because, you know, of course, oh, well, you know, let me mention this now. Batman walks in on them trying to mess with. Oh, yeah, this is where we started with, that conversation. Yeah, right? <laughs> Batman walked in on the Justice League, or not the Justice League, not all of them. It was uh, Green Lantern, Black Canary, Zatanna, Hawkman, Adam. Um, I feel like it was seven. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Of course, Adam was there. The one I was forgetting. Um, I'm gonna leave it right there because that's all I can remember off the top of my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like seven of them. Uh, yeah, it and, was seven because Batman showed up and he would have made eight, and that would have made the vote potentially. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Talk about it. Which I was, you're right, I was so you're disappointed right. for not just talking about it. Like <laughs> the moral ambiguity there just is like the the entire dilemma of this whole comic. I feel. Definitely, definitely. But um, long story short, he walks in and he's very against it, of course. And he like freaks out. And so they hold him down and they alter his memory, too. Which yeah. is like, first of all, I, I, I like... The Justice League fucks with Batman. Thank I you. Like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't do that to Bruce Wayne. <laughs> like, that was really like, insane. And, yeah. Um, and I read like somewhere that there's like a... Uh, like, he finds out in one of the timelines, and, like, that there's the OMAC project, which I didn't know anything about, but I guess it's, like, his version of Oracle that, like, he uses to keep tabs on the Justice League. And I will be looking into and reading more about that, because, of course, he does. Like, oh, my God. Who fuck with Batman? <laughs> yeah, right? And, you know, what's funny, even at the end of that comic, when the Flash, after he's discovered what's happened, he's just staring at Batman, and Batman's like, what? And even the Flash in his head is like, I feel like he knows. And even it's, like, it's almost like, even if he doesn't know what happened, he knows something happened. You know? Like, he's just that motherfucking good. <laughs> like, 
I don't know what you did, but I know you did something and I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, again, even to that end, I'm not sure how effective Zatanna's spell is, especially if it's something that she's never really done before. But that sort of, like you said, that moral, that uh, moral ambiguity, again, that pops up a lot, even in the Young Justice series um, that was on Cartoon Network. Uh, the reason Superboy broke up with Miss Martian was because she kept dipping into people's minds. She like consistently, and she never, she never thought, right? That's like, that's like that line that they don't want to cross. And she never really thought there was a problem with it because she felt like, you know, the end justified the means. And Superboy was like, well, I I can't get behind that. And so you constantly sort of see that popping up that where is, where is the line? What is the line? And I think for the most part, everybody's line is like, well, just don't kill anybody. Like, beat the crap out of them, yeah. put them in a the hospital or body cast. But as long as you don't kill them, you know, like, we're oh. okay. And and even yeah. to that end, is that okay? Is it okay to do that to somebody? You know, like, where where is that line? Where does it stop? And this this comic definitely delved into that a whole lot. And it was, it was kind of epic to watch, definitely. Yeah, I think maybe my favorite panel in the whole thing, um, Flash finds this out. Yes, it's Flash, right? Who finds yes. out that they've Batman's memory. Um, and there's like a, a scene at the very end where they've like they've got the whole thing pretty well resolved. And then there's that panel at the end where like I think Flash looks across at Batman and you see Batman, but he's like kind of framed like offset by Wonder Woman's hip and it's got the lasso of truth on it, and it's like, oh yeah, because because Flash knows the truth. Yeah. And I just really liked that one panel. It was subtle, you know? He like they did yeah. a lot of subtle things that really meant a lot. Yeah, that was, in my opinion, the, maybe the best panel of the whole comic. But there were some really, really good ones too. There definitely were. There definitely were. I think one of my favorites is actually when Wonder Woman goes, God, who are they questioning? Wonder Woman and Green Lantern want to go question somebody in prison. And why can't I think of who it was at this very moment? Mm. I am completely blanking out. Um but he said some he said something smart to her. And Green Lantern leans over who oh Green Lantern, sorry, Green Arrow leans over, who by the way was my favorite person in this entire series, was Green Arrow. Green Arrow his pers- really focused on his him. perspective was just phenomenal. Like his thoughts, his pensiveness. It was I mean, he was he was the MVP of this comic to me. He really but, was, um, yeah. He was, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it was was a Green Lantern story. It was. It kind of was. Which was so interesting, especially because it didn't even happen to him, so to speak. But he moved this entire story along. Yeah. He was a really good kind of investigator as he was looking into all of the the clues and everything. Definitely. Oh, wait, what was I saying? Okay, sorry. So Wonder Woman in prison with somebody whose face I can't remember at this moment. Um, and he said something smart to Wonder Woman and Green Arrow just kind of leans in and he's like, she can pull you through these bars, even though you don't fit. And it's just like, you could almost hear like just the badass of his voice. Like, nah, dude, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And it's just like, and that was, that was really epic. Really, really epic. I was like, I was just in love. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's comic. I have to put it down because it's so awesome. I need a break from the awesome. That's how awesome it is. It was 
so wonderful, so wonderful. What do you think of the last panel? The like the very last one where which almost was sad because the last scene is elongated man in his house by himself and he's talking. Yeah. And he's talking as if his wife is there, as if Sue is still alive. And then at the end, which by the way was like really heartbreaking because the last thing you saw of him was him falling apart at her funeral. And so now he's talking as if she's still there. So it was just like really heart wrenching to watch him do that. And then like he, he says, I love you. And then he turns the light out. And the last bubble says, I love you too, but it's not attached to any side. So it's like you don't know who said it. And so it's like, what? Like, it was just, uh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm still getting over it. <laughs> that was, that, that moment was, um, that was, he- like I said, just heavy, very heavy moment. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of thought of it as just like the way that people, like, Kind of the, not the, not ghosts exactly, but like the notion of echoes of people. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, in his in his in his head, that's what she would have said if she was there. You know, like I think that's that was my take on it, I guess. But and, it was, and the way that they did it, though, like the way that yeah. they made sure there wasn't a bubble, so that even if it was in his head, like you said, I think you've just put it very well. The echoes of who she was is still very present, and so. That was yeah, really it heavy too. Really well, like that. Um, I think maybe my other runner-up for my favorite panel is um, there's that whole arc that happens um, with uh, with Captain Boomerang and him killing Tim Drake. Tim Drake's father. father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's that. You see that one. It's a full-page panel where Tim is just destroyed, and Batman's like giving him a hug. Um, but you like it's it's Tim's one like staring disbelieving drive out eyeball like and his his stare is just so frantic and piercing and it is uh it yeah it's it's absolutely. amazing absolutely absolutely yeah i'm great i, I actually oh no go ahead i'm sorry oh he's maybe my favorite robin but i'm super <laughs> biased he's definitely one of my favorites too um I think there's an intro, there's a forward to a Robin comic that I have from like way back when, where um, the author, he says, what made Tim Drake the best Robin was because it was like, you could go fight crime with him, but you could play video games with him on a Saturday night and it would be okay. And they said, that's what, that's what made him like everybody's favorite was because he was a really chill dude. But um, I remember a conversation that Tim Drake had with Batman once and what I want to say is Teen Titans, but I can't remember, um, where he's picking Tim up and, you know, Tim's dad thinks that he's going to like football. Was that this comic? Am I like confusing my comics? I don't think so. Okay. So totally different comic. Anyway, um, he's picking up Tim to actually take him to Titans Tower, but Tim's dad thinks that he's just going to like some football thing with Gotham High School or something. And, um, you know, Batman's just saying, well, you know, lying is just part of the life that we live. And Tim looks at him and he's like, but you never had to lie to your dad. And it was just like, it was like, it was a very potent moment. And again, it's as much as I think Batman feels for Tim in this moment when he's losing his dad, because of course that happened to Batman. The, I feel like the gravity of it is a little different because the majority of the relationship that Bruce would have had with his parents, he did not have. 
And so for Tim, he's had this relationship and, you know, this has been built over time and built over years. And I think that's something that Batman doesn't necessarily know how to deal with or necessarily know how to help him with. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, because she's, yeah, you put it better than I'm going to in that stuttering sort of way that I'm not going to be able to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, really, yeah, really heavy stuff. Out. I don't know what that is because I would love to read it. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna forward that to you. Tweet a link. Cool. I like it. Okay. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. One, there's something else I want to say. Oh, okay. The last scene of that you see of Captain Adam. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that last scene of Adam. I mean, because you know Adam, he left after he found out, you know, that it was his wife. Ooh, spoiler alert. His wife oh, was the one that <laughs> his ex wife. His ex-wife was the one that killed Sue Dimby. Because so. <laughs> she turned out to be psychotic. Um, but anyway, like he, the way, because, you know, he leaves the Justice League because he, he needed, obviously, he needed some space. But it was the fact that he didn't just leave, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't just, like, leave. He just, he shrunk. And he just shrunk. And he just shrunk. And he shrunk. And he shrunk. And, like, that was just, like, like, you don't want to be a part of this world. You know what I mean? Like you don't like you don't just want to go away. Like you want to leave, kind of. There was so much going on at the end of that comic. Did he just shrink? Was that the last thing we saw of him? Yeah, he like shrunk and like walked into the grass and like disappeared. Oh, that's right. And rem- remember, and it's always just like, but I like I said. I mean, it's one thing to want to like to want space from the Justice League to want, uh, obviously because of what's happened and to find out that yeah. you know your ex wife was responsible. Obviously, wanting space, of course. But to want to just, that's like a different level of disappearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to speak to another human. I don't want to see another person. I'm going to wander into this grass and I'm just going to keep getting smaller. Like, that was really epic to me. And I thought that was just such a great way to kind of take that to another, another depth, sort of, was to just have him leave that way. Because that, that was hard. I can't even imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. Uh, that, and Jean Loring is just the worst. She, <laughs> right? Oh, my God. She she killed Sue. I mean, she said it was an accident, but, like, there's no way you just had a flamethrower with you. Um, we should specify. Um, she goes through the phone wire, right? Yeah, she, she steals the- Adam's suit. She gets yeah. really small. She and apparently she said that she wanted to hurt Sue, so just to scare everybody, so that everybody would be so you know all the male superheroes would kind of like, I guess, cling to their wives a little more because she really wanted like to get really back hard. together with Adam. Wait, so you said it was really what? Oh, it was really targeted that way. Yeah, like she she always phrased it as loved ones but really it was wives yeah that that's that's what it was about but yeah it was like and and i mean to i guess to an extent it worked because you actually do see a few panels of you know like superman and lois and everything and of course they're gonna like of course if somebody's wife dies everybody's gonna be like oh my god where's my wife (laughs) like you know what i mean that's a natural reaction but it's just like the fact that she felt she needed to go to that extreme yeah, to try like, to get Adam back is like whoa. That bothered me more than anything else in this whole comic was that like she like at no point did I ever get the impression that if she called up Adam, 
he would and was like, hey, do you want to get coffee? He was like, no, no, actually, I don't. We're splitting up for it. Like, I got the impression that if she just like smiled at or talked to him, he would have been like, can we make this work? Like, it seemed like he was there for it already. Yeah, definitely. Went ahead and killed somebody to try and get him back. And it's like, you do not at no point did you ever have to work this hard to get this to happen. Right? Like, it was just unnecessary. I I was so confused by her as a character, because on the one hand, like, she pulled it off, but at the same time, like, they made her a psycho, but she was calculated enough to not get caught by the Justice League when you have the world's best minds and detectives and technology. Right? Yeah. How did that How? Definitely. Definitely. She was like, yeah, she was a brand new level of crazy. And it was just like, and then even after, because, you know, Adam figures it out. Even after, you know, he confronts her about it, she still, she has, like, this creepy, eerie, crazy smile on, like, but it's going to be okay, because we're going to be together. And I think Adam is kind of like, I don't think it's going to work that way, but. Shortly thereafter, like, he checks her into Arkham. The thing that bugged me about it was that it was, like, she was immediately going to Arkham, like, they didn't. She there there was no room for due process of law, which I think is True. probably what Justice League is about. But True. Like, he just committed her and I was like, She murdered somebody and you're just gonna put her in a hospital? Like, okay, dude. I don't know, maybe, like, maybe that's like a favor like from the justice system like, to him because they know her, sort of. I don't know. I don't know. He was doing her a favor and that was I don't know, I guess Justice League Justice League problems. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though. Yeah, there was, like, no... I didn't feel... It didn't even feel like... They didn't, like, mention that there was a trial or that, you know, there was a hearing of some kind. It was just, like, we're gonna drop you off in the crazy bin. Which, for the record, with as many people that break out of Arkham, that couldn't have been a wise decision. Yeah! <laughs> like, yeah, regularly... I... Like, this is a prison that regularly has inmates escape. <laughs> like, and, like, is also busy housing, like, a bunch of the most dangerous people in... Ever. Who will probably make her even crazier than she already is. Like, it was just, oh my gosh. All right. But I, even that, but even like logistically, that sounds like a stupid plan because it's like, um, what if she just tells everybody in Arkham what she did? I mean, like, not that it's, I guess, a major secret. Like, I don't know what they would do with that information. But it's just like, you know, like, why would you want to put her in a place like, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> that didn't really make any sense to me. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Just called him and been like, "Do you can I can I buy you a cup of coffee or whatever people do?" Yeah. Right? At no at no point in that comic did he seem like super unreasonable. I don't even. No. Like, I don't even think we saw them fight or even <laughs> argue or like you know, get really sarcastic or snide with each other at any point. Oh, the entire time I was like, sad about this whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Insanity. All right, closing thoughts. Anything else you want to say? How did she know who Lois Lane was? Because Lois Lane got that note that's like, I know who your boyfriend is. Oh, right? Yeah. How did she know? Maybe Adam is a little too, like free-spirited at home because I mean obviously she just picked up the suit <laughs> so it's yeah. like I mean I guess maybe that you had the suit 
You know what, though? Maybe that was part of Adam's whole disappearing act, though, was maybe like a sense of guilt. Like maybe he knew he'd crossed a couple lines or, you know, he hadn't been maybe as strict as he probably should have been. But I guess at the same time, if it's your wife, you know what I mean? You, you tell her everything. So maybe he and I mean, like, I'm pretty sure, like, for example, Superman probably tells Lois just about everything, you know? So, like, but, you know, Lois isn't crazy. <laughs> so Yeah. But, you know, like, so, I mean, but maybe that is what it was. Maybe it was just, like, a guilt feeling. Like, maybe he had sort of caused this by giving her, or unintentionally giving her the tools to be able to do what it is that she did. Yeah, maybe. She just, like, was not remorseful through that entire, like... Not at all. Not for a second. I killed her by accident. And then, like, she, like, there's this really unconvincing panel of her crying. (laughs) Just... (laughs) <laughs> she like she looked freaking crazy dude she looked oh, yeah. like, like the smile that she had on her face like don't worry we'll be together and it was like nah dude you gotta like take eight steps back <laughs> because I I can't Good. deal with you right now <laughs> oh man but so is but, this is pretty well known is this pretty well considered as far as like canon goes because I do feel like the wiping of Batman's memory like it's my opinion of those Justice League members a little bit. It definitely does. Uh, again, they're kind of dipping into things that you never thought that they would be capable of or that they would even really want to do. Um, and I think that, again, that again touches on that challenges of what it really means to be a hero because now you have to define those lines, sort of, you know what I mean? Because you're yeah. so, uh, because you're so uh, not above the law in the sense like you guys are, oh, we're so much better. But you know what I mean? But because you don't necessarily operate on the terms that everybody else does, you guys are the only people who can set those boundaries. There is nobody else who can do it. And so, you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has, you know, their own moral compass, what they believe is acceptable and is not acceptable. And um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they should in a erase life's memory? I don't know, like, as far as Light's memory goes, it's... Yeah. Like, it seems like it didn't really help anything. Like, what was he... What was the worst case scenario? What was the worst thing he was going to do? You know, like, brag about it? And I feel like even if that was their biggest fear... I feel very different about Batman, though. Like, I think that's that's the bigger thing there. That definitely is the bigger thing. I feel like like with Doctor... No, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. It was just, it was my, um, my first, in, like, this was, like, my first, like, Justice League comic. And so, like, not really having a whole lot of basis for a couple of those characters. It was like, wow, so this is who you are. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is, this is the band of heroes that we look up to. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was- you guys are great. Uh, but, um, no, Hello. I was just saying... I feel like even if, as far as Dr. Light is concerned, I feel like even if their biggest concern was him, like, bragging or telling people or whatever, like, you guys could have, like, you guys probably know, like, every prison in the world. You could have, like, taken him to, like, a remote village prison in, I don't know where, you know what I mean? Like, Timbuktu, and, like, locked him away forever, and it probably would have been all right. Like, that, to me, felt unnecessary. I'm... I feel like there's there was something else that was fueling that decision, and I just haven't put my finger on it yet. But I definitely feel like there was something else that was fueling that, de- that decision. But as far as change, altering Batman's memory, that's your yeah. comrade. Like by at no point should that ever be an option. 
no. um, at all. But I think at that point, they felt like they had gotten in too deep. And if anybody else found out outside of Batman, that would have called all of them into question. And they didn't want that. That's what they were trying to avoid. So, yeah. and in that, in, in that case, so you did this for your own selfish reasons, basically, yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. That's what that was about. Moment, selfish decisions. It's, it's unnerving. It is, because the world looks up to you guys, you know, to be these epic heroes. And I think, honestly, though, as you know, fucked up as, you know, all that stuff was. I think that's what I really loved about this comic because it brought them on a t- back down on a whole nother regular human level that you don't get to see very often at all. Um, can, this yeah, humanized them in a way that we almost never get to see. But guys, it's seriously a good fucking comic. You gotta read it. <laughs> I know that we basically told you the ending. But it's still reading. It's it's really, it, but really it's pretty epic. to <laughs> You know, if you just want to skip over the words. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, any last like final thoughts on Identity Crisis? Just on Identity Crisis, I think that pretty much covers it. Okay, That's sweet. I felt like we went in a little in depth there. I'm kind of proud of us right now. Too little. Go us. Take our comic. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, Excited for coming up. Wait, say it again. What are you What are you looking forward to in the okay. near future? Things that I'm looking forward to, like as a whole, in like, like nerdiness in general, or like all of the above. Okay, so you only listed one option, but all of the above. <laughs> so Batman versus Superman, of course, I'm super psyched yeah. about, but also equally super terrified. Um, just because Man of Steel did not yeah. really do it for me the way I wanted it to. And so I'm really praying that Zack Snyder like ups his game and that this movie is epic because um, I've been waiting for this movie like what feels like my whole life. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, somebody did take me to go see like Batman, or not Batman, Superman, um, Man of Steel in a theater whenever that happened. And I remember just sitting there the entire time going, but Batman's so much cooler than you are. And that was <laughs> So I do hope this is better. I I mean, I definitely want it to be awesome because I'm a very big Superman fan. I'm a very big Batman fan. And to me personally, nothing anybody ever does with superheroes is ever going to be able to touch Batman and Superman. Not ever. Just in general, like as a whole, who those characters are, they have set a bar and they have been setting a bar for like the last 75 years. And so I am super excited and I really hope it's awesome. Um, Yeah, I really hope it is. Definitely. Like, absolutely. Comic-wise, I am thinking about starting Poison Ivy um, because I had the pleasure of speaking on a panel with Amy Chu last year at Special Edition in New York. Um, And she's just, like, a really dope person. And so I really kind of want to – I just want to dip into this because I've heard good things. Um, I'd love to see more of Poison Ivy, learn more about Poison Ivy. And, um, like I said, Amy Chu's on it, so, like, I'm kind of sold. So I'm definitely looking forward to trying that. So if it is awesome on our next show, I will definitely talk about it. Cool. What about you? I would actually have to read it by the pleasure of with you if you want to cover that for our shared Ooh, one next time. Let's do it. Sweet plan. All right. Anything else you're excited for coming up? Um, for the record, I'm smack in the middle of Daredevil season two. I'm on episode eight, and it is fucking spectacular. Like, Hi. my Hi. God. I thought season one was the shit. They even, like, this is just, 
so fucking epic. It's so good. It is so, 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 so good. So if you're not watching it, you should be watching it. And if you haven't watched the first season, you should watch that. And it is on Netflix. And I know, like, certain people are like, oh, I don't want to pay $7.99 for Netflix, which I don't understand. But if that is how you feel, steal somebody's login and watch that shit. Because it's epic, okay? Um, But yeah, that's where all my nerdiness is. How about you? Sweet. Um, I'm, like, hella excited, both for Batman and Superman. I'm, like, on a longer timeline, of course, for Suicide Squad. Like, I can't Definitely. Definitely. Especially since we got that second trailer, like everybody's just ready for it. Um, <laughs> My body is ready. Madness. Yes. Um, yeah, like I'm super excited for Batman 50. Um, not sure when that's due out. I think it's pretty soon. Um, but yeah, so we, we should talk about that next time. And then we'll tell you about Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and that whole thing that's happening with them not doing Batman after Batman 52 and all of that. Awesome sauce. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So in the meantime, thanks so much for checking out the Takeout Comic Show. Uh, my name is Kim Gaines. You can check me out on Twitter at Kim K Gaines. That is um, G-A-I-N-E-S. Uh, that is also my Instagram name. And please do check out my site, growmachine.com, to learn more about the projects that I'm doing. Sweet. And I'm Rihanna Holland. That's R-H-E-A-N-N-A. H-A-A-L-A-N-D. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, if you feel like it, you should check out the Robin web series that I'm working on. Um, Robin the web series. We're on Facebook. It's uh, it's going to be good. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. I'll tell you all about some stuff. Awesome. Later. <laughs> <laughs>